Listener Production. Hello and welcome to Willow Talk. Uh, straight off the bat, some breaking news, bad news. No Adam Peacock and Brad Haddon today with you. Uh, but the good news is that Adam Voges is here along with me, Sam Ferris. So I think we've more than made up for in the partnership stakes here. Adam, what do you reckon? Absolutely, Sam. How are you? <laughs> good, mate. Uh, it's been a while. Big show today. Uh, we're going to cover all things Western Australian cricket, Australia Ray, BBL and plenty more. How are you, mate? What's been happening? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, it's uh, well, we're, we're right in the thick of uh, pre-season over here in the West at the moment. Uh, yeah, just getting the, the boys up and about and, and ready for a, another crack at uh, a domestic season. But um, equally, we've got a few of the Aussie boys around at the moment in their, in their very small window between uh, the end of the Ashes and, and the next assignment over in South Africa. So nice to have a few of those guys around at the moment. And um, yeah, they're, they're keeping us reasonably busy. You're an old hat of this state coaching stuff now. What does an off-season look like for a state head coach? Uh, it's, it's I wouldn't say old hat, um, <laughs> but that's it, no, pretty busy. Uh, the boys are in four times a week for, for training. We're, we're in a reasonably heavy physical block at the moment um, and, and we'll start to taper that as we get a bit closer to September and, and the start of playing some games. But, um, you yeah, know, we're – with a reasonably large squad, it, it fills our days pretty quickly and we're actually outdoors now at, at the Wacker Ground. We're on turf, which is very nice, although it's absolutely bucketing down with rain today. But, yeah, it's it's, it's nice to be able to get outdoors on turf. It, it feels like cricket season's not too far away when you're able to do that. I was going to ask, is it, you know, fitness at the front end of a pre-season or do you work on skills? I remember Mike Hussey said he'd try and work on a new shot every off-season what do the players try and get out of a, a, an off-season or a pre-season? Yeah, everyone's a little bit different. And I think in today's landscape, there's so much opportunity around the world to play franchise cricket. And particularly uh, this time of the year, we had uh, we had five guys play in the, the recent US League. Uh, we've had guys playing county cricket. We've had guys over, obviously, with the Ashes squad as well. So we've had some young guys up in Darwin playing up there as well. So, yeah, there's, there's a real mix for, for what the guys get up to and, and various levels of preparation and, and getting ready for, for the different tournaments. But um, as a structure as a whole, we sort of we, we put a big emphasis on the first couple of months with, with physical work, but integrating skills within in that. And then uh, as we start to get outdoors, we start to – become a bit more competitive with our, with our bat v ball net sessions and just start to try and ramp the intensity up over these next few weeks and just make sure that ultimately at the end of the day, pre-season's just making sure you're ready to go for the start of the summer and uh, that's what we're hoping to do. As head coach, how do you go with delegating? I imagine you're not using the wanger anymore. Are you making sure the other batting coaches are flinging that thing down? Uh, I'm getting better at delegating, <laughs> I must admit. I still love getting on the tools. I still love being able to, to throw some balls, probably cap it. There's a time limit. Yeah, it's it's nice this time of year. Probably now's the time of year where I, I can actually get on the tools a bit more and um, work it, uh, closer with, with some guys one-on-one and, and work on a, a few technical things. So, no, I certainly enjoy that, but my delegation skills have certainly improved over the years. Do you ever get the itch? about getting back in the nets, just having one more hit? I get asked this a bit and uh, the answer is no. I stand at the back of the nets and watch Jai Richardson and Lance Morris steam <laughs> in and that's a, just a nice reminder as to why I've finished playing and, and don't have to do that anymore. So a few 
uh, battles in the backyard with my 13-year-old son. That's that, that's about the extent of it at the moment. Well, I should say congrats. Where are my manners? Because you are Australia A's new coach. Uh, you're going to take on New Zealand A in two four days and three one days starting end of this month, August 28th, right through to September 15. All those games are in Queensland. What did you make of that announcement? It's, I think you said you were a bit surprised by it. Uh, oh, it, it is in a sense that um, it probably wasn't something that was on my radar at the time, but oh, I'm really excited for the for the opportunity. I think the timing of it works out reasonably well uh, given that uh, we haven't started the domestic summer just yet. It's, it's on the eve of that and it allows the opportunity to go over and work with a, a different and really talented group of players and some different staff and I guess a, a different type of experience to, to what I've, I've had here in the West. So from that point of view, really looking forward to it, working with some great talent and, and hopefully giving those guys a, a really good experience and, and hopefully helping them kick ta- kickstart their, their summer. So I'm sure there's guys who are hopeful to perform well in that series and that they can press their claims for, for higher honours come the start of the or the Australian summer. But, um, yeah, first and foremost, just good experience all around, hopefully. For those listening on the podcast, behind Adam is a uh, picture of the Sheffield Shield title they won. Was it this year or last year or the year before? Uh, no, that, that's last year's behind me. It took us 23 years <laughs> to win that one, so that, that one's up there at the moment. I was going to say, is this a way of CA levelling the playing field a bit? Because WA has just won everything in the past couple of seasons. Maybe taking you out of the system just before the season starts is a way to level things up. You guys have had such great success. uh, But it sounds like they're actually doing you a favour by expanding your skills by working with a whole new group of players. I don't think it's. I don't think it's going to have a derogatory effect on our program. Me missing for a couple of weeks. We got some great coaches here in, in WA and Bo Caston and Tim McDonald as, as the senior assistants, and, and they'll get the opportunity to lead the program for a couple of weeks, which I think's a really healthy thing for our for our environment. And and yeah, I get to um I could get to work in a slightly different one, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. And you got Tim Payne alongside you. Lots of really great assistant coaches, but Tim Payne's the one that stands out. Have you spoken to Tim much? Uh, what are you expecting from him? Uh, I spoke to Payne a fair bit at the end of last season, and uh, yeah, have have touched base uh, since his appointment. And oh, I think it's terrific that he's starting to dip his toe into coaching post playing career. And we go a fair way back. We we spent many a time actually at the Centre of Excellence there at Allen Waterfield. So it's it's quite poetic that that's where we'll be joining up from a from a coaching sense but um yeah he's going to have so much to offer Uh, former Australian captain playing experience that he's had over over his career I think he'll have a lot to be able to impart on on that playing group and um yeah and for him it's it's about getting a bit of experience with a coaching lens on as well so uh yeah looking forward to having painting around you've said you've you've worked with him and played with him a fair bit, probably played with against him more than played with him. Uh, those who played under him say he's really tactically very sound. I think Nathan Lyons says he's one of the best keepers and captains he's ever played with. Um, what's your experience going up against him sort of uh, uh, tactic-wise? What are you expecting he can bring to the group and some of your own experiences? He brings that captaincy hat with him and that international experience with him as well. So not only will he be able to work with a couple of the keepers in, in Jimmy Pearson and Josh Phillippe who are in this squad but I think equally he can he can work with a lot of the bowling group as well around the tactic side of the game and, and just the experience that he's had in that sense so you're right I played a lot more against him than what I did with him and um, they're always good fun and good battles. Do you reckon he's gotten any looser with the wallet? That seems to be 
reputation that stuck with him that he didn't, didn't mind opening it up. Have you got any experience on that? I'll let you know in a couple of weeks <laughs> if that's changed at all. You mentioned um, working with some of the players. It's a pretty stacked squad, both the four-day and, and one-day squads. Is there a player or a couple of players that are in other state systems that you're keen to work with that you haven't had a chance to work up close with? Uh, oh, there's there's a number of them that I'm I'm really excited that I certainly admire competing against and and like how they go about it when when we've come up against them and um, so yeah certainly a couple of the younger names I think Tim Ward Campbell Callaway in the four day squad um, I think the one day squad is is really strong as well particularly with with Marnus's inclusion and, and being able to work with him as well so mainly named batters there but uh, yeah look there's a heap of good domestic young talent that I'm looking forward to getting to know a little bit better and um, and helping him out over the next few weeks. What can you tell us about Campbell Kellaway? Not a lot. Not a lot. So that's that's why I'm looking forward to getting to know him a little bit better. I was I've been impressed just the way he's gone about it. We've we've gone pretty hard at him, particularly here at the Wacker Ground, a couple of times, and I, I think he's held up pretty well so far. So yeah, just really keen to learn a bit more about him and, and get to know him a, a little bit more and what makes him tick and, and how he goes about things. So excited about that over the first couple of weeks. Do you sense with the ageing Aussie Test team that there is a real tide of change approaching? And we know that David Warner is going to retire at the end of the Pakistan series. A lot of guys are in their mid-30s at the moment. Do you get a sense that there might be a real chance for some of these up-and-comers to really put their hand up and, and maybe a test berth's not that far away? Yeah, I think naturally there'll be some transition over the next period of time. You mentioned David Warner, Usman Quad just playing wonderful cricket at the moment, but is certainly closer to the end than what he is at the start. And likewise with Steve Smith as well, who I'm sure has got plenty of good cricket left in him, but there will be transition at, at some stage. And that's the opportunity that presents for these guys is to continue to put their hand up, put their name in the selectors' minds and, and make sure that they're, uh, they're top of the queue when, when those opportunities do present. So for a number of the players, Cameron Bancroft uh, in, in the four-day game, I think he, along with Marcus Harris and Matt Renshaw, are probably uh, the leading candidates uh, for when that opportunity does present at the top of the order. But equally for uh, Tim Water or Caleb Jewell, who have done some really good things down in Tasmania as well. Another opportunity for those guys to, to keep pressing their claims as well. So we're constantly in transition in elite sport and, and so it's just about being ready when the opportunity presents. You mentioned those three guys that could possibly replace David Warner. The Aussie pace attack isn't getting any younger either. All those guys are champions with you know about a 1,000 wickets between them. Who are some of the young quicks that are coming through that maybe – your average punter hasn't heard of that could be putting their name up? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I think uh, Xavier Bartlett's someone from Queensland who is involved in this series who I think is a really good young talent. I guess with my WA hat on, Lance Morris is someone who's uh, been in and around the test squad certainly last summer and uh, who's working his way back from a from a small back injury but we're certainly hopeful we'll be right to go for the start of the, the season so there are a couple of the guys Lance has, pro- has got the airspeed and is genuinely quick and I, I think it's really exciting but yeah there's a, there's a number of talented young fast bowlers coming through as well that I, I think those guys that you mentioned have still got plenty of good cricket left in them but as is the nature of our sport, you're always going to need a stable of fast bowlers and, and making sure that those guys underneath are ready to go as well. should make it clear, we're not retiring anyone. 
We don't think anybody should be stepping oh, yeah, down just no, yet. That's right. Those guys are on fire. Uh, what about Jai Richardson? You mentioned him earlier. Where's he at at the moment? Yeah, Jai's, Jai's tracking along really well. He's he's had a tough 12, 24 months with his body. It's um, He's had some multiple soft tissue injuries that uh, for one reason or another we haven't quite been able to get on top of, but he's been able to use this time really well uh, over the pre-season. He's in as good a physical shape as he has been for a period of time and, and we're continuing to build him up and, and again, is someone that we're hopeful to, to see at the start of the, the season in WA colours. Uh, he's been put back on the, the CA list. We know he's really highly thought of in, in that regard and if we can keep him fit and firing, then I think from a, a skill point of view, then he'll put some performances on the board. But, um, yeah, it's about, I guess, getting not only getting Jai back on the park, but getting him hopefully on the park and, and keeping him on the park, which has just been the challenge over the last little period of time. But uh, when he's up and firing, he's good to watch. I'll tell you what he is. I remember I was there when he did his shoulder in India and at that stage he was, I'm not comparing him to Pat Cummins, but, you know, skill set wise, they're very similar, a bit shorter, slippy and, and very quick and skillful, uh, does his shoulder and hasn't been able to just put consistent games back on the park. If, if he gets that under his belt, do you reckon there's a, a good chance of a sort of a longish term, a crack into the Australian team to begin with and then maybe a long-term uh, future there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Jai's been around for, for for what seems like a long time, but he's still a very young man. So uh, he's still got plenty of time. And again, I think the skill level side of things is, is not the issue. We saw it in last year's Big Bash where probably a week out from the tournament, I wasn't sure he was going to be ready to go. And then a week later, he took four wickets against the Sydney Sixers in the first game and, and bowled 150 k's an hour. So it's it's about getting him to the start line, but then keeping him on the park. And if we can do that, and he can play some consistent cricket over a period of time, then I think he's still got a lot of international cricket in him. Don't want to put any pressure on him, you know, saying you're going to pay for, play for 10 years or anything like that. Just on the Australia A stuff, where do you think that sits now in priorities, I guess, with, with Cricket Australia? Um, do you want to see more of it? Is it a real stepping stone from domestic level into test match into international cricket? Yeah, it's a good question. I think certainly Cricket Australia have put a lot more emphasis on on the Australian A program. We, we saw the tour to New Zealand at the back end of the domestic summer last year. This tour coming up, uh, there's a game just before the test series starts this year and I, I think there's a, a real appetite to, to continue to try and put out really strong squads for, for these games. It's a little bit different this time around with a number of guys who have come off a heavy schedule in the Ashes and then with the, the white ball um, series in South Africa and, and a World Cup coming up that it's provided opportunity for some younger guys. But I think certainly the, the team that you'll see uh, just before the start of the Test Summer will be the next best. And, uh, and the investment into this Australia A program, like I said, from Cricket Australia, has certainly increased over the last couple of years. So the timing of the fixtures is always an, a, a tricky one. You try not to take more guys out of, I guess, shield cricket or, or domestic cricket in season. But equally, if you want to be able to tour around the world and, and provide those opportunities, then you need to be able to play some games during our summer as well. So th- there's a balance to it all, but... I'm pleased to see that, yeah, there's there's a bit more investment in this space. Just off the top of my head, this seems like a pretty good time to do it though, doesn't it? But you can play games in Queensland where it's sunny and the pitches are probably up to scratch by now and having New Zealand over, they're preparing for their own domestic season. So maybe we can see this become almost an annual thing or 
biannual or semi-annual, however we put it in there? Yeah, I, I think from a timing perspective, this is hopefully, a, yeah, you're right, as good as you're going to get. It's on the eve of our our season. I think we're mindful that we're not putting too much cricket into guys before they do start the domestic summer and, and that's been represented with the, the size of the squads and there'll be quite a bit of changing in between games uh, just so that we're not putting too much uh, of a load into guys before they do start state cricket. So that's been really well thought through. And um, But, yeah, from a timing perspective, I think it's really good. But I'll let you know in a couple of weeks' time, I guess. All right, quick break here on Willow Talk and we'll be back with Adam Voges in just a sec. All right, back to WA Cricket with Adam Voges here. Like we said before, you've got the Shield photo in the background there hanging up on the wall. How do you get to motivate your squad? They've won Marsh, One Day Cup, Marsh Sheffield Shield, Perth Scorchers, perennial winners of the Big Bash League. Uh, how do you keep motivating these guys? Oh, it's actually not too hard, I don't think. It's a, it's a really committed and dedicated group of players who are understanding that they're, they're in the middle of, of something pretty special at the moment and um, – yeah, like I said earlier, it took us 23 years to break a shield drought and there was a lot of heartache along the way in terms of what that took. But at the moment with the group that we've got, it's a, I think from an age demographic, it's a certainly a more experienced group, a group of players that have been together for a long period of time who, who know each other incredibly well, who want to continue to try and have as much sustained success as possible and, and they're driven to do that and I think there's a, a genuine humility in the group and that they want to continue to try and keep getting better and keep pushing each other and that commitment to, to wanting to get better and underneath that sits a, a pretty talented crop of youngsters who are coming through and, and really pushing those guys to be at their best uh, and to maintain their performances. So healthy competition within the squad I think is always a, a really good thing and I think and I hope that that's what will keep these guys on their toes and continue to build on the success that we've been able to achieve over the last couple of years. You brought up 23 years twice so it's still in the back of your mind. <laughs> Does it feel a bit weird sitting here as like the two-time defending Shield champions that you're sort of not chasing that, that holy grail after so many years for so long? Oh, it was a focus for a long time, yeah, and that's that's probably why I mentioned it a couple of times. Um, but I guess now that we're past that, uh, it's about building the legacy with this group for as long as we possibly can. And I, I think everyone's really excited about that opportunity. And I guess a good sign is you, you come back for pre-season training and after a successful year, you just don't know what sort of shape the boys are going to come back in. But <laughs> to their credit, they all came back in in great shape, which I, I think, again, just speaks to the hunger that's that's there to want to continue to build on the success that we've been able to achieve. And it doesn't guarantee anything, but I think that mindset and that mentality of, of wanting to keep getting better will hopefully, if we can stay fit, keep us in a good space. What's it going to be like without Sean Marsh hanging around? It'll be different. Uh, it, it feels like the end of an era a little bit. Equally swampy, Jeff Marsh, who has been an assistant coach, forever it feels like here at WA Cricket retired at the end of last season as well so we've only got Mitch left in terms of the Marsh clan but um, (laughs) Sean's contribution to WA Cricket has been immense over a long period of time it was it was great to see him be able to to lead that side 
not last season, but the season before and, and lift the shield and had his injury concerns last year. So we didn't actually get to see a lot of him last year, but I think he's achieved nearly everything in the game and, and that was probably the last thing that he he needed to achieve. So it was, it was really nice to see him be able to do that. We'll, we'll miss him around here, not only for his contributions on the field, but I think the way that he's taken a number of our young players under his wing and been able to help with their development and and continue to provide that experience that he's got over the last two decades, really. So, yeah, he'll, he'll certainly be missed. But as, as I said earlier, we're, we're in transition and it, it starts to provide opportunity for a few of these younger guys to, to put their hand up and come through as well. Did he start before you? Yeah, well and truly. Wow. So he went for 20 years. Uh, what a career. Um, you, you won't have met a fitter bloke than Sean Marsh as well. It's, the irony is that his body let him down so much, but he was always one of the fittest guys in the squad. Yeah, and uh, I think in full flight, there was no better batter to watch uh, yeah. than Sean Marsh at cover drive. You'd sit there and watch it all day, couldn't you? He's had a wonderful career and deserves every accolade that has come his way. You mentioned you've got one Marsh left and he's in pretty good nick at the moment having reclaimed his, his test spot, but he got it off another WA boy, he took Cam Green's spot. How was how that for you watching on, on from, you know, from Australian shores, knowing that those guys were competing for the same spot? They end up playing a test together, but ultimately Mitch won out in the end of that fifth test. How did you see that unfold? Bittersweet, I guess, in a way, isn't it? Yeah, one guy unfortunately loses his spot, but it's taken by uh, one of his one of his good mates and, and one of his close West Australian teammates. So, from the outside, I, I guess there's always a sense that they are competing. They're pace bowling all rounders who are probably best suited to batting at six, five or six, uh, and, and finding a way to get them both in is is always going to be pretty tricky. I think so. There's naturally always going to be that competition, and hopefully that continues to push each other to, to keep getting better. Mitch came in and took his chance when he got the opportunity, batted beautifully uh, at Headingley and was able to, to make the most of it. And Cameron Green's such a prodigious talent, but is still so young and is learning the game. And he's had some wonderful experiences so far. And, and this will be another one. And no doubt he'll bounce back and, and will, will play a huge role in Australian cricket at this very moment in time. Yeah, they're probably competing for one spot. And um, as long as there's one of the West Australians in there, I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> and the Ashes were on a pretty good time zone in Perth. What did you make of that 100 by it should uh, heading there? I mean, it's just unbelievable from from my point of view, but having known him so well, did you kind of see that coming? What did you make of it? Yeah, it was, it was Mitch played an innings last year in Shield cricket for us. We, we played, he played one game and came in and did something very similar. Got a, got a runnable 100 for us and batted in a very similar vein. I think there was a, a confidence in the way that he wanted to go about it, and he was really clear. Uh, he was he was happy to take the bowlers on, um, and you saw that in his stroke play. The way that he was able, Mark Wood was bowling 150 kilometres an hour, and for him to be able to stand up and pull him and play the short ball the way that he did, this, he made something that look, is incredibly difficult to do look seemingly very easy to do. And that was and that's his great strength, his ability to, to pick up length, to play genuine fast bowling in some tricky conditions as well, but then to be able to put pressure back onto the opposition the way that he did. Yeah, it was there was a, a carefree nature about it, but equally technically I think he's in a really good place with his batting at the moment and uh, you combine all that, I think he's he's really confident in his ability at the moment. And it was almost the perfect 
mix and um, the opportunity came at the right time. That innings wouldn't have looked out of place in a T20 team, which is a good thing because he's the new Aussie T20 skipper. What can you tell us about his leadership style and skills, Adam? Because maybe a lot of punters have only seen him, that the funny side of Mitch Marsh from the test and some of the hijinks he gets up to and also smashing sixes. But as a leader, what does he bring to the table? Yeah, he's, as you say, he's, he's got that infectious personality um, that you, you probably have seen in the document and in some of his interviews and that sort of thing. And it's a it's a personality that just brings people with him. I think he's a, a natural leader. I think he leads by example. But but equally, there's a, a steeliness and a, and a, I think he's really clear in, in in the direction that he wants to take the team. Having a having a quick chat with him, I know he's really looking forward to this opportunity. He's he feels established in Australia. His T20 team at the moment, um, and, and he's he's really looking forward to the opportunity to lead. He's he's done captaincy work with the Perth Scorchers and and for West Australia for a period of time, and so that'll hold him in good stead. I think he during his time with the Scorchers he battled with injury a, a fair bit, and I think that did affect his his captaincy and leadership at times. But hopefully, with a clear run at it, and I think. Uh, a more mature and settled version of Mitch, I think, could could do a really good job in that position. Correct me if I'm wrong, but was he skipper when he brought himself on to bowl to Sean immediately when they played each other like for the first time in the BBL? He was, yeah. <laughs> it was very much a, a tactical move to which a, a full house at Optus Stadium absolutely loved it at the time as well. So he's got some, uh, he's got some balls about him. And, and speaking of balls, <laughs> this is a bit off topic, but Baz Ball, I don't know what did you make of it. I'm still thinking about it. Yeah, a couple of weeks after the ashes are removed, uh, do you think it worked? Are you a believer in it? And is it possibly something we could see domestic teams start to bring up? Just play carefree cricket. I mean, there are a lot of gaps in four day cricket. Absolutely, it's just different, isn't it? It's not something that we have seen before. We've we've probably seen we've seen England play it for 12 months in the lead up to the Ashes. So I guess not surprised in the way that they took the game on. And I guess to, to define Baz Ball, it's, it's just ultra positive cricket, isn't it? It's it's looking to put pressure back on the opposition to an extent that we, we haven't seen before in, in the longer form of the game. But I think naturally with the evolution of, of T20 cricket and, and guys playing more and more of it, I think we've seen small changes in the way the longer form's been played, but the England team has just accelerated that in the way that they've gone about it. And is it sustainable? I guess time will tell. You can see there were two really clear and different game styles uh, from, from both the teams and, and we ended up with a two-all draw. So that's not to say that one's better than the other. Does it then filter down to domestic cricket? Uh, there's every chance that I think it will. I think we've seen it already in the county game over there that uh, the run rates are, are a lot higher and no doubt everyone in Australia is, or who's involved in Australian cricket has been glued to their TVs during that Ashes series. So I think we'd be remiss to think that that's, it's not going to come into domestic cricket in Australia in some form. I was going to say, has it been brought up with the WA squad? Has it actively been spoken about? Uh, in terms of the way that we're going to go about it, we, we'll sort of talk about that a little bit closer to the time. I guess in a pre-season phase like we are at the moment, you're preparing for all forms of the game. So, And again, it's it's a mentality switch as much as anything. Uh, it's that ability to, to play a bit more high-risk cricket, knowing that you've got more time, but equally fast-forwarding and pushing the game forward so that we are seeing more results in, in four-day cricket. So I think conditions play their part. 
and and whether they're conducive. But being able to to work it out live and, and play the game live it will be an important part. But um, equally, we've got to be prepared if other teams are coming at us with it as well. Lots to go into. It's fascinating. Something's always happening with that kind of uh, attacking cricket's being played. No more attacking cricket is being played than in the BBL. Tickets are on sale now, I think, or or they go next week. So get your tickets now. Little plug for the BBL there, and the overseas draft player pool has opened up, and you've got a couple of old Perth scorchers in there with Faf and your man Laurie Evans. Uh, fair to say that they might be on the hit list early doors, V. Yeah, I think so. We've got pick eight in the draft, so we'll have to sit on our hands for a little while while um, while the other teams take their pick early. But, um, yeah, look, it's the second year of the draft. I, I won't lie, our first edition of it didn't go particularly well with all three of the players that we picked on the night unavailable uh, for various reasons. So it wasn't the most successful outing first time up. But, uh, yeah, look, we, we learnt a lot out of that night. I think all teams have learnt a bit and uh, it'll be fascinating to see the, the different strategies on the night for the different teams and, and what they're looking for in their in their overseas players. I guess for us at the Scorchers, we've, we've always really prided ourselves on our local talent, our domestic talent and had a really key core group of, of our local West Australians and then providing the support with with our picks in in the draft and with our overseas players so faf was was brilliant for us last year david payne came in did a great job for us and and was really influential at the back end of the season steve Eskenazi came in and and played a role as well and i guess that's what we've asked our overseas players to do is come in and and play those roles for us and they've done it wonderfully well for us so uh, we've got a number of former scorchers who we can potentially retain on the night and uh, it'll be yeah like I said we we might have to wait a little while before we get that first pick yeah it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out Aft's been over in America he's sunning himself in the Caribbean uh, might want to check his skinnies before he gets drafted uh, you never know he's living a life of luxury at the moment these T20 mercenaries uh, he he <laughs> He um, he turned up last year. He, he was the fittest bloke in our squad last year. The 12 <laughs> months that he's had has been phenomenal um, with the IPL, with, with the American League, as, as you mentioned. Um, he, he'll be in demand. I've got no doubt about that come draft night. And are you happy with how the Scorchers squad is shaping up? Yeah, we are. Obviously disappointing to lose a couple of our guys in, in Cameron Bancroft and, and Peter Hatzoglu, who's was certainly a crowd favourite over here in the West. But, um, yeah, look, that's part of the, the nature of the Big Bash and, and the opportunities that present. So, yeah, that that will, again, provide others with, with opportunity. But we're really happy that we've been able to maintain most of that nucleus of, of, of team and um, we'll just put the finishing touches onto our squad over over the next few weeks. We're really happy with, with the current group that we've got and looking forward to um, to getting out there in uh, in December and I think we start over in Melbourne against the Renegades. I called you an old hat at the start, which you dismissed. Sorry about that. But, um, I mean, what I think it's like eight titles in five years, uh, so you're going pretty well. The last person who won the treble the Shield Marsh One Day Cup and the BBL title is the current Australian coach. Like, like I said, we're not retiring or getting anyone sacked, but where do you want to see your sort of coaching career progress to? Yeah, it's a good question. And um, I guess first and foremost, I'm, I love my job at the moment and, and I'm really fortunate to, to hold the positions that I do here in WA cricket at the moment. And, and I love that we're building 
um, some sustained success and, and, and hopefully a legacy within this group. And I'm certainly fairly focused on that at the moment and, and seeing how far we can take this group. And that's certainly my immediate focus. Beyond that, I guess my ambitions are to, to coach to the highest level that I can. And I don't want to put a label on what that looks like exactly because I don't know. I'm not one that probably has a five-year plan, to be perfectly honest, mate. I'm, I'm someone who just loves doing what I'm doing at the moment. Uh, I've certainly got an eye on, on what that maybe looks like, but um, certainly no fixed or firm plans for, for how that plays out. I'm also really conscious that if we have a couple of bad years, it can change very quickly as well. So, And that's the nature of coaching. And so that's not lost on me either. But, um, yeah, like I said, I, I love my job at the moment and, um, yeah, I'm... I'm very much enjoying it. That's where delegating comes in, V. That's where you delegate and you can delegate the blame. If something goes wrong, you just pour it off to someone else. Uh, Sam, you know as well as anyone that when you're going well, the players get the credit and when you're not, the coach cops it. So that's just the reality. I'm not sure I can delegate that one. Thankless task. But we can thank you, V, for coming on the uh, Willow Talk podcast. We really appreciate it. All the best this season and with Australia, Ray, and hopefully catch you again across the summer. Good to chat with you. Thanks, mate.